hospitality isn't just a part-time industry it's not an industry you just have to do while you're in school or in college you know I know many people who not just restaurant owners but you know managers head chefs things like this they've built their whole life around hospitality you're very welcome to another episode of graduate compass uh, today we're going to be speaking to Jeff who is the restaurant owner of the restaurant uh, Koto in Cork City in the Republic of Ireland. Just before we listen to what Jeff has to say, uh, just a little bit of a side note because some of my equipment actually failed just as I was starting the interview with Jeff, which means I had to uh, conduct my part of the interview over the phone. Um, and as a result, I do sound like I'm actually interviewing him from the inside of a tin can at times. However, thankfully, Jeff sounds fantastic. So uh, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. Jeff, you're very welcome to Graduate Compass. As a starting point, I suppose I want to set a bit of context here because mm-hmm. you were, this was in the middle of a very, very difficult situation with your business because your, the, the lockdown has hit your restaurant. So before we go, go back and look at your career and how you got here, maybe yeah. tell us a little bit about some of the challenges you've been facing over the last few months. Okay. Uh, thanks for having me on, Kian. Um So I suppose we're in our third lockdown now um, in the space of 12 months. So with that, there's obviously a lot of challenges because our business, our doors are closed. Um, so we closed for a full month back in March 2020, and then we opened for three months as takeaway and then we got um i think about four months sit down then we're outdoor dining for a little while closed again as takeaway open for christmas back closed again so it's just been it's been back and forth opening closing so the biggest thing obviously is the the lack of sales because we're closed and then the next biggest issue really is um you know a restaurant isn't one person it's the whole team behind it from the kitchen porter to the waiters, waitresses, chefs to the owners, you know, it's it's the whole it's the whole group of them coming together to provide the service of you know someone coming out and enjoying a plate of food. The main thing, the main challenge has been trying to keep all of our team on our books for as long as we can, and so that they're not looking to change industry, or that when we do reopen, that they'll be back, um, happy to launch straight back into work. That's been the main um, issue that we've had. Um, apart from that, like restaurants, most restaurants would be very clean, sanitary places anyway. Um, with the res- like, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with the serving food to the public uh, from accepting food from clean suppliers, clean sanitary suppliers, the delivery drivers, um, cooking it, storing it correctly, and then presenting it to the final uh, the final dish to the customer. You know, that side of it, hand washing, hand hygiene, all of that would have been a big thing anyway. So I think the main differences then that have kind of come in in the last year are just, let's say, sanitizing the tables and chairs, giving more time for them to be sanitized, um, limiting the number of people in the building and just making people more aware of, you know, that we have to do contact tracing that, you know, they can't walk around freely as they might have done before, you know, taking pictures that, you know, for example, the top of the stairs, like a lot of people do, they kind of have to stay in their seats um, and wear their masks when they're coming in, going out, going to the toilet. It might be a small thing to them to, you know, it might be irritating, annoying, but, 
you know, at the end of the day, we want to stay open for as long as possible. So we're trying to make it as safe a space as possible. I, I can hear your frustration in your voice as you're kind of listening through things, because I know, you know, from having met you before this and, and having eaten in your restaurant that, you you know, you and, and your team have put so much effort into building up this business and, and to get it to where it is right now. And I, I, I can just hear that kind of frustration there. And I suppose I don't mean this episode to be, to be a political kind of commentary on anything, but it, but it is. I yeah, I just want to say that. Just I I really feel for you and and all the restaurant owners out there because I, I know the work you've put into this. Yeah, thank you. It's um and like you know, in in fairness to the government, you know they have there's been a lot of support there. Um, you know, look, we could do it a little bit more clarity here or there, but you know they published the guidelines back in I think last April and May and said, look, this is what we expect from you. Most of it was just writing down what was already expected. Some changes here or there, the main one with contact tracing, for example, let's say. But at this stage, you know, it's just kind of when is it when is it going to end? When is the light at the end of the tunnel? Will we ever get back to normal? Is there going to be a time where we won't be wearing masks, serving customers in restaurants, things like this? Yeah, and, and hopefully we will have that kind of light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I know depending where people are listening to, to uh, this episode, you know, the those kind of uh, restrictions are coming off at different paces because I am conscious of people listening, in, not just in Ireland, but in, in other countries as well. Uh, I suppose let, let's turn the the the, um, the energy a bit because I started off in a negative one just because it, it wasn't purposely trying to be negative, but I just wanted yeah. to kind of acknowledge the situation that you're in at the moment. and It, it felt kind of false to not, I suppose, at least kind of talk about it. Because uh, there is a lot of positives as well to talk about, and um, you know you, you built up this amazing business. But let's go right back to the start. When you were leaving school, what did you? What was the plan? What were you studying? What was on the horizons for you? And was it always a restaurant? My um, just a little bit about my background. My dad would have um, been involved in hospitality for a long time um, in Cork City. Um, so when I was in school, you know the whole thing was stay away from hospitality. Don't do it to yourself get a nine to five job Monday to Friday you can have your weekends off you can have your Christmas holidays to yourself you know you don't have to worry about the building you don't have to worry about the staff you don't have to worry about the orders all this type of thing so I think when I was in in leaving search I was kind of going to the guidance counselor every week saying oh you know I'm going to do medicine this week next week I'm going to do accounting next week you know I really like languages what can I do with them so there was a lot of toing and froing um and in the end I actually decided on doing commerce in French um I wanted the French aspect because I, I really like languages and then the commerce side it's look it's a general business degree it's you know you can kind of direct it any way you want um it's a it's a stepping stone to anything whether you want to go into for example consulting accountancy um law you know it's it's it would get you in the in the door so I did that in UCC um four-year course and the third year of it being on Erasmus in Strasbourg. While I was in college, the whole time I did have always some job within hospitality because it was something I liked. It was something that the hours suited um, a student, you know, because you could work when you're part time, you know, you can do weekends, one or two nights, midweek, things like that. And even when I was in France, I worked in, um, in a bar over there for a little bit, um, which really helped the French come along. I did an internship in the European Parliament while I was in Strasbourg in France and then did a three month internship in Dublin with PwC, who I really liked working for, really enjoyed it. And the plan was then to go back and work for them after my college degree. Um, but I suppose 
after four years in college um, and the year in France, it, it, it did change my outlook on it. You know, I kind of decided I don't really want to be studying for the four or five years doing all the accounting exams um, in such a large company. Um, I wanted something a little bit smaller, a little bit more personal. Um, so I said I'll continue working in hospitality for a little bit until something comes up that I really want to do. Um, because I, I don't mind hard work. I don't mind working all hours. But if, if I don't like it, I, I, I won't do it, to be honest. It's, some, it's something I have to really like. So I was working in the Castle Cafe in Blackrock at the time. And it was the kind of time, you know, when everyone, all your friends are graduating. You know, for example, your mum bumps into someone else's mum and every day she's coming home telling you, oh, look, X or Y got a job in Google or Apple, all these big companies. And at the time I was saying, geez, I better get some job, you know. You know, everyone's getting a job now before it's too late or whatever. So I took a sales job for um, a company and I was actually only with them two weeks because it ended up being a, a, a large part of the job turned out to be kind of cold calling businesses and um, which I just absolutely hated and I ended up going back into my manager in the castle and saying oh look can, you, <laughs> can I please have my job back but can you put me in Market Lane in town um, which would be probably the busiest restaurant in Cork City so I went into Market Lane and within a year um, I made management so I worked there for about a year as a manager and then the opportunity came up for me to open my own restaurant um, I knew a few guys for the kitchen um, I have the floor side and the general management well under my belt uh, from my time in Market Lane and, you know, through working with my dad and his restaurant um, and the other places I've worked. So that's how Koto started. Before we get into to Koto and, 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 and talking how that got off the ground, I, I have to just kind of, kind of take a step back because yeah. it sounds like, you know, with, with all the experience with kind of PwC and mm -hmm. the internship in the European Union and all the kind of various different experiences, it sounded like that was your way of saying, I tried to get away from hospitality. I tried to get it out of my blood, but I just couldn't. Like it's, it really is. It's, it's a hard, it's a grueling industry. Um, it's not for everyone, but you know, it gives me, it gives me energy going to work every day, dealing with people, different customers. And then, you know, you get to know them by name. They know you by name, you know, you're working in a small team. It's, it's a great atmosphere. And you know, it's a small local business for family run, family operated. Uh, yes, there's times where you would love to have a week off at Christmas or be going skiing with your friends, things like this that you just have to kind of put aside, like things like Patrick's Day, which is coming up, you know, before like, you know, big days going out with your friends. These are all they're all big days for working now, essentially, which are great. But it's something that you have to kind of bear in mind in the hospitality industry. It's when everyone else wants to enjoy themselves, that's when you're working. So everyone going out on Saturday night, my night to go out would be a random Monday or Tuesday. Um, so it's that, it's that bit different. I think that's what my dad was getting at, being like, take an industry where you can take your time off, um, enjoy the time with your friends, things like this. But it, it's so hard to kind of take that advice when when you have that love and that passion for it. and and. Anyone who's ever met you will know that you do have that love and the passion for it. And you take great pride in your work and you know, your, your restaurant is, as I said, is, is fantastic. And, and but I'm, I'm very curious to know when you kind of, you know, after you had the kind of initial work experience, uh, I, suppose, I suppose experiences, and then you decided to go back into kind of the service industry and market lane. Did you, did you find that the, the, that those experiences were 
any way transferable or did you have you learned anything from that that kind of improved your ability to work in the service industry um not really i'd actually almost say it's the other way around um because i started working when i was 15 16 um i know i was just working with my dad but you know from that age you know you really that's when you really get your your work ethic you know learning to deal with people um working with them managing them in some ways you know managing customers in different ways things like that and those are all the skills that i think are transferable to working within a team let's say in pwc um when i started managing in market lane one of the biggest thing i learned was and you know to this day it probably is the biggest aspect of my job is managing people so you know you have your, your team in koto for example and you know there's times where look i have to be the boss there's times you have to be their brother their friend you know their their advisor um you know they they really they do look up to you and you, you have a responsibility to them to to do right by them you know sometimes there's people who come to you and you know they might have an issue or a problem um and they, they really open up to you and it's it's important to have that level of trust and transparency with with your staff um, and all these social skills, you know, they all they all come into one. So I'd say the big things from the hospitality industry are the social aspects, which I think are more transferable to a an office job, for example, working within a team. Because at the end of the day, you know, the the software you use or the accounting, you know, they're all they're all learned skills, and people don't inherently have them. I'm I'm really curious about some a comment you made a moment ago where, where you said that. Uh, when you were working at Market Lane, that an opportunity came to to open a restaurant. How what does that look like? How does an opportunity just arrive that you can that like you know talk us through the process of how that went from being an idea to an actual reality? Uh, so I was I was probably in a bit of a, a unique situation. So while I was in college, my dad kind of saw that I was leaning towards going into an office job so and he was getting old older um, and he kind of said look you know enough is enough I'm kind of fed up doing the restaurant I'm going to lease the building so he leased the building for a year and uh, to these guys from um, and within a year they set the place on fire so the whole building was the whole roof was gutted sorry like actually on fire no I I don't yeah 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 yeah. actually on fire um they, it turned out they were storing bags of coal in the in the attic, which is um, is a big no no. <laughs> you, you know, no one would do that at home, let alone in a restaurant where there's big open flames. So they they set the place on fire by accident. Um, so the two guys then it took between the insurance and all this, it took about a year to year and a half to get the building back up and running. You know, into service and to pass all the inspections and all this. And the the two guys said, look. To be honest, after a year, year and a half, um, we're not sure if our business is going to be the same. Uh, you know, we're we're just going to pull out. So at that stage, I knew I knew a few chefs, and there was a brand new building in Cork City, which is quite uh, unusual in the city centre. So that's how we the opportunity came up to start Koto. And where do you start when you when you're putting a restaurant like that together? Is it like the food? Is it the name? Is it like kind of a is it a process where you're trying different things? It's definitely a process of a bit of everything and then back and forth. 
So the name the name is definitely one of the hardest things to come up with because you want something short, catchy, everyone can spell, um, and that's you know unique. So that's why I want something short, sweet, with you know kind of towards the start of the alphabet. So that took that took about a month at least to come up with the name. A lot of toing and froing, um, and then I suppose, you know. Obviously, I knew I was going to do Asian food because uh, the chefs I knew were all trained in Asian uh, cooking. So it was definitely going to be Asian uh, themed. But then I suppose you start with, you know, the layout of the kitchen. You have to work with the fire officer, you know, figure out, you know, what ducting you need, what insulation and ducting you need and all this. Because if you get that wrong and then you have to tear it all out and start again, it will set you back a few months so that's where we started. We started with the kind of um, the prescriptive uh, legislative sides. So we did all that. And then from then, you know, you're kind of looking at tables and chairs, layouts, where we're going to put the bar. And it, in your head the whole time, you're kind of going back and forth, you know, how are you going to set this up for the customer? Is it going to be, you know, fast service? Is it going to be, you know, is it somewhere you want them to have a tea or coffee after their meal? You know, and then, you know, midweek compared to weekends, you know, you're really setting the tone for the for the customers. It's one of those things as well that you're kind of, you know, constantly kind of Googling, going to shops and you're buying bits and pieces. And, you know, you don't really know where you're going to put them, but you like it. So you want to put it in somewhere Um, like there's a lot there's a lot going on and it all kind of happens simultaneously. It's interesting because as you were going through that, you list again of kind of things. It just reminded me of what you were like at the start when you were talking about the list of challenges. And it just, it seems to me like you you almost have this like mental storage of, of lists of things and you need to pick them. <laughs> it's, it must be very mentally challenging and very kind of like draining as well, because not only does service have a physical aspect to it, but you, you literally sound like you have to think of everything. Yeah. Um, as to be honest, as the, the restaurant owner, like you're the kitchen porter, you're the chef, you're doing prep, you're doing service, you know, you're the bartender, you're doing cocktails. If the toilet's blocked, you're the one going to fix it. You have to you have to literally know how to do everything and you can't be afraid, you know, to pull up your sleeves and do it. You know, you know, sometimes when you see some restaurants you go to and, you know, the for example, the manager could be walking around wearing a lovely suit and blazer, things like that. That's not what um, the owner is typically. They're the one, you know, behind the scenes. Um, in the morning, you know, from deliveries coming in to doing some invoicing um, this is the whole social media aspect, you know, making sure that, you know, the rosters are done accordingly. Like it, it's really it's 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 a whole a whole approach to the business. Um, it's very, very hands on. Like it's not something you can do. Like I never take my work home with me because <laughs> I can't do any work at home and it's all done in the building. Um, and that's one of the reasons, you know, you actually end up spending so much time there. That actually surprises me because I, I kind of assumed, though, obviously you can't take, you know, a large chunk of the work home in terms of meal prep and, and you know, cleaning, all, the, all that kind of bits and bobs that need to be done. But I would have thought that there was there was a mental aspect of it that when you went home, you'd still be kind of maybe mulling over things and thinking, right, how do we change this? How do we tweak that? Does that happen? um it happens sometimes i'm pretty good for not doing that at home um like for example i i I don't even bring my work laptop home with me i leave it at work i leave all my 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 files at work my my diaries things like this and i I try to do them when i'm there because otherwise you're 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 always on the go you're always thinking but you know sometimes look you could be you know flicking through facebook and you see or instagram and you see uh, 
you know, cool looking dish from some restaurant in London, for example, and you think, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, you save it or whatever and you come back to it tomorrow or you come back to it in six months. I wouldn't really classify that as work. Sure, there's times where, you know, for example, let's say someone's at six, you know, you get a text um, like that. Then, yeah, you'll be wondering how am I going to fix the roster, things like that. But those would be uh, not not that common, not that usual. So I try leave most of it at work. Like I wouldn't, you know, even when I'm home or when I'm off, I wouldn't be checking the cameras, anything like that, you know, because you have to have you have to have some trust um, in your team that, you know, they're going to do their best um, and they're going to look after the place for you. Do you think that your degree had any impact on, on your uh, how you run your business? Um, to be honest, no. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that it, it didn't help me. It, it didn't stand to me at all. I'm not saying that. But I found, for example, when you're doing, let's let's take some of the common modules I did in, in within commerce. There'd be economics, there'd be food marketing, there'd be accountancy, there'd be some law modules. But all of them are geared towards large enterprises. None of them are geared towards a small family-run owner-operated restaurant. Um, you know, the, the type of accounting, invoicing, even bookkeeping I do, they, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't touch on it. And even sometimes I'm talking to some of my friends who are, let's say, accountants, and I'm saying, you know, being like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I got this to balance, blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of saying, oh, geez, we, you know, we wouldn't know where to start with that. Um, like, they're, they're literally different worlds. The food marketing side of it, yeah, it was very interesting, but I don't think it's directly relatable to restaurants. It's more geared towards, let's say, the branding of food in supermarkets and uh, things like this than a plate of food in a restaurant. Funnily enough, the French side is probably the one I use the most between um, talking to customers, um, explaining the menu, things like that. But day to day, I wouldn't use a whole lot of the the academic aspects of, of university. It's a really interesting point, and one no one's ever said on the podcast before, but it makes a lot of sense that the the curriculum of a degree would be tailored, especially one like commerce, which is you know just another kind of way to describe your business degree. Really, that that would be tailored for big business, and such an interesting point that that they that it wasn't covered in um or wasn't covering kind of startup businesses and I, I do wonder i'm just thinking out loud here i don't really have a question how many universities and how many college courses are, you know across the world even consider start startups when they're teaching degrees and how many of them just focus on those kind of big businesses yeah because like at the end of the day if you you know you go into your city center it's most of your small local businesses are the ones generating a lot of employment. They're the ones who aren't going to turn up and leave the country if, you know, something goes wrong or let's say the cost of labor goes up or there's a cheaper premises, you know, which we've seen with a lot of large companies. Um, when things go bad, they just up and leave, whereas the local businesses aren't going to leave. And it is something that is definitely neglected um, upon in, in the education system in Ireland, even in secondary school level. Um, it's definitely something they could... You know, for example, I've never had anyone look into coming, for example, for work experience in a in a restaurant, perhaps because, you know, there's no formal training aspect of it. But day to day and kind of common sense learning, there's this huge amounts um, to learn. But it's interesting you said that there's no formal training, but it sounds like you've been training for this your entire working life, you know, from working at 15, 16 to, to doing it through college and then to kind of it being your, your job before you started the um, you know your own business so 
like your I suppose road to being prepared sounds like it's been a long one and that leads me to 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 the you know question of like were you always playing with ideas in your head of different restaurants you could open and what they would look like or was it just a case of when the opportunity came that's when you seriously kind of started planning it out I I did think I would have worked in let's say Market Lane um for a little bit longer um because I think I was 25 when I first started out on my own which is which is a little bit young um you know there's definitely other things I could have I could have learned I would have liked to travel perhaps to you know there's some amazing restaurants in in Dublin and London you know so it would have been it would have been cool to get a little bit more experience in you know different areas but at the same time something sometimes things just you know the way they happen that's it you know you have to go with this you have to go with your gut absolutely absolutely and COVID-19 aside, I, I think you've proven that, uh, you know, it's, 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 it was a great decision because you, you, you built this fantastic restaurant. We're, we're coming towards the end of our chat and I'm, I am curious to know, you know, that, that at this point of, of the episode, I, I like to ask people what advice they have for anyone listening, not just the people who, who might be interested in the, the service industry or starting their own business or a restaurant, but just in general, what kind of advice you, you might have for anyone who's trying to figure out their career uh, or where they want to go in life. What, where, where does your, what would, what would be your answer to that question? Um, to be honest, I think everyone really has to find something they like doing. Um, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but if 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 you like it, you know you're you're you will excel at it. You will you're more than likely be good at it. Um, like I get energy from going to work every day, working with people. If that's the type of person you are, do something that's really sociable, working with people, whether it's being a nurse in a ward, for example, who is who are constantly dealing with people or in a restaurant or, you know, th- there's a lot of transferable skills that I think relate to the to the industries. And then I suppose I really think that everyone from, you know, whatever, 16, 17, before they start college, everyone should have some part time job to give them that little bit of a foot up. So when they move to, you know, start college or whatever, it opens the door for them to get a job if they've moved town or city for example get a part-time job you know yeah you earn a little bit of money but it's it's the skills you you learn at those jobs like I have a lot of CVs coming into me these days well not now obviously because we're closed but you know they could be from someone who's 20 21 22 and they've they've never worked before it requires a lot of time and effort on my part in the training of you know some things that I view as you know common sense like you know for example, like, I don't know, how to use a visa machine or how to change a till roll. You know, these things are, are, are basic to me because I've, I've learned them so young. And I, th- I think it's something everyone should kind of learn and um, get a part time job, you know, do a couple of hours here or there. It's not going to affect your studies. It's going to give you great social skills. You'll make new friends um, and you'd be surprised. You might see this is something you really, really like. And it's an opportunity for people as well to see that hospitality isn't just a part time industry. It's not an industry you just have to do while you're in school or in college. You know, I know many people who not just restaurant owners, but, you know, managers, head chefs, things like this. They've built their whole life around hospitality. They've gotten mortgages. They're supporting their own families. And um, so it's it's not, you know, a part time industry. It's not something that you start and stop. It's it's something, you know, you can do for life. I think you're you're possibly the the first business owner that we've had on the show that that kind of has a a big team. Uh, we've had people on who kind of are self-employed and mm-hmm. work as freelancers and things like that. But in terms of like employing people, 
So I'm going to take this opportunity, if you don't mind, just to kind of add on an additional kind of question. And just, yeah, no just, problem. It, you know, if someone comes in the door to you and you're employing them, mm-hmm. what kind of things do you look for? I want someone, if someone comes in, before I even look at their CV, I want to see them being enthusiastic and friendly, whether they're talking to me as the owner or if they're talking to uh, one of the floor staff or the kitchen porter, whoever they're talking to, they have to be really friendly, respectful, mannerly, and they need to sell themselves a little bit. Um, you'd be surprised the things you you look out for. You you know when they're walking away from you, for example, you look how they walk. Are they walking with a sense of purpose? Are they walking with a stride, confidently? Things like this. If you're if you're meeting them for an interview, do they push their chair in afterwards? You know these these small things are they're they're really telling signs. You know that someone has a bit of common sense, um, or they've worked before. They know what they're talking about. How they you know how they're dressed. Not necessarily that you're looking for someone to come in in a suit and tie. Um, because that's not really the industry that we're in. But we're looking for them to come in, you know, if they have some bit of style, you know, it, it that shows off their personality. Because it really is, restaurants, they're all about different personalities coming together to to do one job. Um, so I think definitely enthusiastic, definitely handed it in person. You know, when you get a CV emailed to you, yes, you read it, but you've no sense of, you've no idea about the person you know, the, the handing it in in person really is invaluable. Thank you very much, Chef. I really appreciate you taking time to come into the show today. No problem. My pleasure. And for you who's listening, thank you so much. Uh, as always, if you want to support the show, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or you can share an episode of the podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Jeff's uh, restaurant, there will be links in the description um, and there will be some links to his social media sites on the various uh, social media pages. I almost stumbled over my words there. But in the meantime, um, thank you very much for listening. Have a, a good week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.